Hey ladies, welcome to the Happy Body Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke. Does it feel like your brain is on overdrive? Maybe you're struggling with spiraling thoughts, uncertainty, and feeling like you can't relax. Well, hey, I have a solution for you. I'm a hypno coach, and I help women just like you every single day change the way their brains think so they can move through life's ups and downs feeling calm, confident, and energized. Let's dive in. I have a really fun guest today. Her name is Mira. She is a chemical engineer, passionately turned wellness entrepreneur. Her most recent success was a wellness cafe business, which expanded from one to nine locations in just three years. Mira is a recovering perfectionist dedicated to spreading light through wellness, self-connection, and oneness. She shares biohacks or rather bio habits and rituals, which yeah. we're going to actually talk about today. The reason I invited her on Happy Body Podcast is because I follow her on Instagram and she shared her non-negotiable boundaries around cell phones. And I was like, oh my God, we have to talk about this. But before we get into that, Mira, why don't you just tell us how you got into the wellness space? Thanks so much, Brooke. I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely love connecting with people who are so interested in, you know, helping themselves, like this self-connection, the self-relationship. In the most recent years, I'm so happy it's become a trend, you know? I'm right. Like, this is one of the few trends. I'm like, yes, everybody get on, get on. So when I was 15... I started my own self-care and spiritual journey just after my grandmother passed away with some challenging circumstances. And I found meditating and running on my own as a healing process. And so for many of you out there who are on your self-care journey, just like recognize yourself, whether you came here from an unfortunate circumstance or just that you had enough with whatever was happening in your life. Mm -hmm. And no matter where you are, what chapter you're in about the self care journey, there's always a moment to connect with other people and help yourself a little bit more. So that's a little bit of what we're going to do here today. And like Brooke mentioned, I'm a recovering perfectionist. So <laughs> this is a lifelong journey. So no matter when I started, every day is a new day just to, you know, celebrate myself for what I've done great and just laugh at what maybe didn't go as well. Right. right? As a recovering perfectionist, I took everything with so much weight as like, okay, I have to put these restrictions. I have to do this perfectly. And it gets heavy. But let me tell you, a lifelong self-care journey is lifelong. So it's important to have fun, enjoy the process and feel amazing while you're going through it. Absolutely. It's so interesting when you talk about at 15 years old, starting to find this. And I love that you kind of followed that up with, it's not about perfection, because for me, I didn't really discover a lot of this work until I was 26, 27, 28. And in the beginning, I was so relieved when I finally found it that I kind of had to forgive myself. It lands when it lands. And that's been part of my own journey is saying, it's okay. That's not wasted time. It was all something I had to go through to get to this point so that I could really understand my body, my behavior, my habits, my mind, my spirit, all of these things. It's all just part of the path and everybody's path is different. And some paths start at 15 and some start at 30. Yeah, that was so beautifully put. And, you know, it's not about that time period. It's like what you do with it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, we can 
have all the tools in the world, but how you implement them into your life can really shape it whichever direction that you want to go. And it's it's so amazing that you create this space to be able to help people create that happiness, you know, and with so much happening in the world, one of those things which brings us today, cell phones, we're so obsessed with You know, before this um, podcast started, Brooke and I were just talking about AI for a moment and how some pieces of it are so helpful. (laughs) So technology and the direction that the whole world is competing towards going into, there are so many pieces that can help benefit our life. And there's this big and in there. (laughs) How, How do we as humans use it? right? Like, cause that's the big piece. Like how do we use the technology and that's, what's going to change the world, change our world. Yeah. And on happy body podcast, we talk a lot about unconscious habits. And yeah. when it comes to cell phone usage, these phones have been created to get us to come back again and again and again with every single little notification, we get that dopamine hit that yeah. pulls us back. So we have to be really conscious about it. And the reason that I asked you to come on is because one of the things I teach is that when we first wake up in the morning, we're moving through alpha theta brainwave state. So in that Mm -hmm. first 30 minutes after we wake up and the 30 minutes before sleep, we're actually moving through the hypnotic state. And when we're in that state, we're in that space between awake and asleep, essentially. It's a very meditative state. You're conscious, but the critical part of the mind, which is that logic and reasoning that part of the mind is not active at that time. And so when we wake up and we immediately look at our phones, we check our email, we get that dopamine hit, we get a little stress rush, like, oh no, I have to email my boss back. It's really, it's not great for your brain. It's not good for your body. So Mm -hmm. we now know that this impacts our mental health. And so it's really important to put things in place. So I'm gonna share a little bit more on some of the detrimental impacts that- your phone can have in the morning because it kind of sets the precedent of why, why this conversation, right? Just kind of digs a little deep into this like de-influencing topic that we're talking about. That's what we're doing here. We're de-influencing your cell phone in the morning. So So there was this study that I looked at by Deloitte and it said that 18% of adults using their smartphone admitted to checking their phones right away when they woke up in the morning, like wake up, check it. 43% admitted to checking their phones within five minutes, 62% within 15 minutes. Okay. That's everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so if you're listening, you're like, I'm one of those, you're not alone. Okay. Don't worry. You're not behind. It's something that like Brooke mentioned is just, it's been a habit. It's been a trend for the past 15 years since the iPhone launched. You're, You're almost missing out if you're not getting the the most recent update right and so this FOMO culture has kind of created basically 100% of the population in the United States to check these devices but what is it doing to our physical and mental health if you use your phone in the morning to access social media you're training your brain to look for more dopamine throughout the day Mm. And these notifications or social media, these like, am I getting a text? Am I getting an email? I need to check it right away. It it pops up on your phone and you want to check it. Like it gives you life, right? It's almost like how an eight-year-old craves candy. Okay. (laughs) And this is a subconscious something that happens that you're not physically doing, but your brain is sending waves that are telling you like, I need more. 
And so it stimulates this repetition of behaviors that wants to release more dopamine throughout your day. There's a study in Sweden uh, for men and women in their 20s, and they found that high phone use was directly correlated to increased reports of depression. Mm. So what is that? There's that dopamine. We think dopamine is great, but what happens afterwards, right? You hit that dopamine and it's a full-on crash and your, your body works very hard to get back up to there. And the only thing that does is this increased dopamine of notification. So without it, you know, yeah, that leads people towards more disconnection, more disappointment, and it it can ultimately lead to depression. And if it's not social media, for me as a business owner, right, Brooke shared a little bit about my background as an entrepreneur, there was a time where I would wake up and immediately check my business stats check page views, check sales, subscribers, right? So if you're out there and you're like, F social media, I'm talking about life. Like this is my livelihood. This is my business, right? Yeah. It creates the same type of responses. It was like, wake up, stress, sleep, stress. This is something I experienced that when you're using Instagram as a business owner to get your business out there, maybe you're even using ads it quite literally, you're adding this whole other reward system to your phone. And at some point it becomes this snowball effect. So I'm really glad that you touched on this. Yeah. And it's this, this whole concept of it's either reward or disappointment. So it feeds into some of the detrimental pieces of being a business owner in today's day and age, right? We have constant access to things that are like good or bad, like we mentioned before, yeah, right? Stats. Like things that are, you know, and it, and it's true, right? That it, what is the bottom line? That is business, right? Like if you talk to anybody, that's what matters. However, that's not what matters right away when you wake up in the morning, right? It does not trump your well being. So these increased stress levels right away in the morning just starts off your day that way, right? Instead of giving the power to yourself on like how you want to start your day, you're giving it to this phone, right? You're giving control over your happiness to these external pieces just in the right away in the morning. And that's going to be your entire day, right? It sets the day. It sets the tone for the rest of your day, essentially. And then two other quick pieces that I wanted to uh, touch on for um, other dangers of um, social media or using your phone in the morning for your mental and physical well-being. Number one, um, decreased alertness. (laughs) So you're you're constantly checking your phone. And if you check your phone right away when you wake up in the morning, it just sets yourself up to constantly want to grab it every 15 minutes. Mira, have you read any research about ADD or ADHD and cell phones, because I'm curious about that. I have been seeing a lot of clients coming to me saying, oh, I just got diagnosed with ADHD. And I personally, I've never been diagnosed, but in the past, I felt like my attention was all over the place. And when I started practicing mindfulness and hypnosis, my attention improved drastically just with those practices. And I almost get this sense that our phones are causing us to exhibit symptoms of ADHD. That's a really interesting point. And I'm sure we can find the study out there that does compare the two. I'll look that up. There are things that we can do, like you mentioned, with mindfulness to help focus. And part of it is these boundaries with our phone. So why don't you tell us 
What are your three non-negotiable do not disturb times of your day? And why? Yes, of course. It did take me a little bit of time to develop these habits. Now where I am is there are three times in my day where there is no phone usage, no connection <laughs> to the outside world. You know, of course it's there. It's just, I'm not engaging with it, right? So it's the morning where I have two hours without my phone, that one hour where I work out and about an hour to 30 minutes before I go to bed. So two hours in the morning, one hour in the middle of the day while you're working out, you don't have your phone and then an hour or 30 minutes before bed. Those are your three non-negotiables. Beautiful. Exactly. And so I just want to take a little bit of a step back just to look at what a habit is, right? We're using this word habit quite a bit. And we look at habits as there can be a bad habit for, you know, binge eating at night, right? There can be a good habit for, you know, reading before bed, right? There, there are, we put these labels on them, good or bad. And if we just remove that, that preface adjective, good or bad, it's just a habit. And if we look at the word habit, it's really something that we just do often. Mm-hmm. And it becomes subconscious. And so the purpose of like this opportunity where we get to create habits is actually like a life hack because right, life happens, right? There are ups and downs. And when there is a challenging moment, when that happens, we tend to just fall back on our habits, those subconscious mm-hmm. activities that we do automatically, right? Mm-hmm. When we look at what we lean back on, those, what those activities can be either beneficial to us, helping us through the challenge, or it can actually harm us and be hurtful throughout those challenges, right? So I just want to give a little bit of context of the power that you hold listening to this and creating habits for your day. It's more than just the moment of doing an action. It's how you're setting yourself up in life to respond, right? We can keep these mountains huge, or we can make those mountains into little speed bumps. For me, when I was 15 and I implemented meditation and running, it helped me heal through a very challenging time where I felt alone um, and I, I didn't understand. I was in this questioning of why. It helped me heal. And so if I then turned to just binge watching TV and eating poorly, it would have chemically in my mind, right? We were talking about these things, changed my brain chemistry to go towards thought processes that would be harmful for me to halt healing, to have my body and my my life stop from moving forward. So I just wanted to give a little bit of a a high level overview of why. (laughs) Yeah. And also to kind of like piggyback that a little bit, what we talk about in subconscious work is a lot of us are taught these automatic programs at a very young age and they get passed down not by any fault of our parents, but just mm-hmm. patterns that get unconsciously passed down. For example, because I work with a lot of women when it comes to helpful eating, for example, we get taught at a young age, sugar is a reward, right? So at a young age, maybe something hard happens at school, you come home crying and mom's like, it's okay, honey, don't cry. Let's make cookies mm-hmm. and, and this will make you feel better, right? And subconsciously we learn, oh, when I've had a hard day, I should lean on sugar. That's the friend that's always there for me. It reminds me of mom. So subconsciously that's the automatic program. And what we want to do is we want to start to shift the automatic default mode to be something that's more helpful. 
something that's actually going to make you feel better. So when you're overwhelmed, when you're stressed out, when you're going through something tough in life, like losing a grandparent, instead you default to what are the things that actually make me feel better? Like moving my body or eating nourishing foods or setting some boundaries around my phone so that I get better sleep. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, boundaries to just like habits, they're formed. <laughs> right. And one thing I think is overlooked a lot with this conversation of boundaries is creating boundaries for yourself, mm-hmm. creating boundaries with your technology, right? With what we're talking about today. So we're taking this conversation of habits and boundaries and really putting it all in our own hands. It's our own responsibility. How can we? benefit ourselves most with what we can, for lack of a better word, control, right? Yeah. It's actually interesting you say that because something that's been coming up a lot is this idea of feeling overwhelmed and stressed that so many of us feel. Not having adequate boundaries for yourself contributes to that. It's not having boundaries in place that can actually make you feel more overwhelmed, right? So you're not protecting your time and your energy. And that feeds this feeling of like waking up in the morning, looking at your phone, feeling frazzled. And then you run to the next thing. You start getting the kids ready or you take them to school. Then you go to work, right? And boom, 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 the rest of your day. And then you're completely burnt out. And so we have to put tourniquets in place and that's going to impact your health because that's going to help you actually lower that stress calm that stress response. And it's really taking your power back instead of giving your power to this phone that you carry around, right? Or like the outside world, right? It's giving the power to yourself. We're we're talking about having this flow in life where you are floating because you are higher from, from how you start your day, how you speak about yourself, how you prioritize yourself, right? So it kind of all turns together. There's going to be instant gratification and there's long-term effects of habits, right? In instant gratification, I like to remind myself and thank myself consistently. Like, thank you for doing this for you. Thank you for putting yourself first. It's not to create restrictions, it's to put yourself first. And when you lead with that, then every other relationship just automatically heightens. Your children are going to watch you do this, right? Like they're going to see how you communicate these boundaries, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, our phones can't really talk back to us, but we get to, <laughs> right. But it I will mean, they totally kind of can, it. but. <laughs> oh, you're right. Here, and one of the things, one of the things that you mentioned that I kind of want to point out, you talk about setting the boundary in the morning and then feeling better throughout the day. So this comes back to like one of my biggest principles and habits is a morning ritual. So mm-hmm. this is part of your morning ritual. When you carve that time out in the morning for your brain, you set the day. It's a keystone habit that's going to impact the rest of your day. And then what you do at night before you go to bed is setting you up for the next morning. So you're putting these keystone habits in place that are going to help you feel better and make better decisions throughout your day, essentially. Exactly. The thing that we sometimes neglect is the environment we create. 
And for me, I see this boundary with my phone in setting the pretense, setting the environment for my morning ritual. So I don't physically do anything with my phone. So it's not actually part of my morning ritual, but it's just setting my environment. So my phone isn't impacting my environment as I start my day. Right. So I just wanted to set that separation of their habits of how we treat our body and how we treat our environment that can then help us, right? You know, our organization, our beds, how much sunshine like is in our environment. What are we listening to? Like the environment is something that can so often be overlooked, right? It's setting yourself up for success. I mean, this is part of the reason why. I started leaving my phone in a different room at night because having it right next to my bed, I wanted to set myself up for success and it was too easy to wake up and see my phone. And the first thing I'm going to do is check the time. Right. And once I check the time, all of a sudden I'm like, well, let me just check Instagram real quick. <laughs> it it yeah. happens quick. Cause there's that dopamine hit. And so I decided to just remove it altogether, put it in the other room, get an alarm clock, or in my case, my husband, his watch is our alarm clock and we get up around the same time. So, but that's how I needed to create an environment. So I'm curious, what are some of the things that you put in place for yourself in the morning to create that environment? Yeah, of course. I went to using an analog clock. I was like, I can't even be tempted. It's almost like you don't put like so much sugar in your cabinets. Right. Like when you're just starting your journey, why put yourself through? Like that's your environment, right? Don't put like toxic habits into your environment. Like right. things that are going to create distractions or going to tempt you into something that you're trying to change. For me now, I keep my phone just right behind me here on my dresser and it's on do not disturb. There's the sleep focus feature with like a wind down time. There's also the do not disturb feature, which you can actually set up a schedule where um, it will hide your notifications, like all notifications for you for a set time. So for me, it's 9.30 PM to 7 AM. So during that time, I just don't get the notification. If I have my phone within eye level, it's always turned over. So I don't see the screen or it's across the room because even just seeing, and I don't get push through notifications for emails, for anything except for text messages and phone calls. That's it. So, but I also make sure that my phone is turned over because if I see something pop up on my phone, it pulls my attention. Yeah. And that can lead to brain fog. (laughs) Yeah. And that brings us to like waste of time. I'm sure 100% of us have at some point picked up our phone and be like, oh, like I just need to check something. And it's been five minutes, then it's been 15 minutes, then it's been 30 minutes, literally wasting our time. And then we put it down and we're like, oh shit, like I need a brush. I need to make it on time to work. Oh my God, I need to prepare for this meeting. I'm not ready yet. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're like, what happened? I don't, I don't know what happened. I was just watching this puppy video. Yeah. And now um... pandas rolling down the hill. (laughs) I love on TikTok. They're the best, right? I'm definitely going to have to look that up during my designated phone time today. I'm going to look up pandas rolling down the hill. (laughs) We so often talk about children and screen time. The child doesn't 
understand yet. They're they're getting so stimulated and they love it, right? They want to do more of it, right? Mm -hmm. They have someone else putting this boundary there for them. We are the exact same way. Like we get stimulated by these things, right? We are, you know, we want to binge some show. We get sucked into it, right? Unless we have boundaries put in place. But you're now the parent. We're now the parent. We need to do that for ourselves. And the morning for your phone is one of those things. So it's this habit of stepping away from the phone in the morning and training our brain to be okay with something that's less stimulating, yet more beneficial. Often I'm hesitant to mention that my no phone time in the morning is two hours because people are like, oh my God, I can never do that. And you don't need to, okay? The first thing I will say is do what you can. However, what you can do is give yourself a moment, right? whether it's 30 seconds, one minute, 30 minutes, whatever fits in your day. Don't be attached to what that time is. Maybe shift that to a connection to just giving yourself, a, your being the priority for your life. Absolutely. Something that I often teach is focusing on the schedule and just hitting your mark. So if it's only five minutes a day, keep it simple. So pick five minutes or however much time Mm -hmm. you want to give yourself in the beginning. You said it yourself, Mira, you worked up to two hours. Like it started with just an analog clock and, and you've worked up to not looking at your phone for two full hours, but if it's just five minutes or it's 15 or if it's 30, whatever it is, just put that in place. And if you can't do the full 30 minutes, maybe you just do 15 that day, but you pat yourself on the back for hitting your mark for just doing part of it. Yeah. I love that. We get to shift that mindset. And, you know, if you're working with Brooke as a coach or you're working with someone, bring this up, right? We get a shift from being like, yes or no, black and white Mm -hmm. to how can we make this work? How can I receive the benefits of creating a boundary around technology or excess people into my morning, right? Yeah. Here's what- so you want to think really simple. What's something that I actually could do every day and start there. And you can always add on. So once you start the habit, even if it's a small amount, you're actually just getting that neuro pathway going, and then you can add on to it later on. You can find Mira below by clicking the links, but tell us really quickly, what is tappedin22.com? Yeah, tappedin22 is our way of helping other executives, business owners, entrepreneurs out there who are you know, always looking to better themselves, right? Help, this is a way to help the learning curve. We're going to share mistakes that we've made, hacks or habits that can help Um, And just creating a community for other people who are on that high path um, of success to come together and share. Beautiful. Mira, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks so much, Brooke, for having me. I appreciate this conversation. It was so much fun. If you're having a hard time emotionally and you're ready to feel better and live your big, bold life, you are going to love my new one-on-one hypno coaching experience called Unf yourself. I created this program to help retrain your brain to create a steady way of looking at life's ups and downs so you can trust yourself. And therapeutic hypnosis is the toolkit that's going to speed up those changes. I'm only taking the first 10 women who sign up on the waitlist. So fill out the form below, tell me what's going on in your mind, and we'll see if it's a good fit. Let's get your life and your mind unfucked.
from the inside out. 